a Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast from KMOX News. I'm Michael Calhoun with your St. Louis evening coverage. Our top story on this Thursday, March 2nd. Some honks of support for about a dozen protesters holding signs at Tucker and Market that said Kim Gardner must resign. Protester Maureen Orvoris. Major embarrassment to St. Louis. Uh, it's just like everybody's been saying, the crime's out of control. All these crooks know it. All these thugs know it. Nothing's getting done and people are paying for it. Others say Gardner appears more intent in cases that fit her ideology than prosecuting criminals. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey is keeping the pressure on Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. He tells 97.1 they have plenty of evidence of Gardner neglecting her duties. I mean, it's amazing the number of people who have come forward to say, hey, I was a victim of a crime and did not receive any notification of, of the case from the circuit attorney's office. Bailey is asking a judge to remove Gardner from office on a rarely reused law covering elected officials. No hearing date has been set after a judge gave the circuit attorney two weeks to respond to the complaint. Supporters of the embattled circuit attorney have scheduled a rally for this Saturday. The Community Justice Coalition is sponsoring the event from 2 to 4 at Fountain Temple on Baird Avenue. It's billed as a rally to support Gardner along with criminal justice reform. There's a new agreement that's meant to eliminate crossed wires between the juvenile courts and St. Louis police. It comes after several underage suspects were released after being arrested following a shooting outside the city foundry development. Bullets whizzing past the heads of responding police officers. The group's release apparently the result of a miscommunication between officers and juvenile officials that took place over the phone. Following the onslaught of criticism, a memorandum of understanding has just been signed between the two arms of government. It says juveniles presented for felony offenses must go to court in in person, and there can be no more phone calls. Also, there's specific guidance on when juveniles can be released, and more paperwork for victims and witnesses to be able to track the cases. Carol Daniel, KMOX News. Missouri's governor would have power to name controlling members of the St. Louis Police Board under a measure given first round approval by Missouri's House. The St. Louis County Republican sponsor Brad Crisp argued stripping the city of control of its police department was in response to the St. Louis City crime rate. But St. Louis City Black Democratic Representative Rasheen Aldridge voiced a blunt response about the sponsors of the package of six bills. But what this is doing is telling people in my district from six fellow men who do not look like me that roughly all stay at least 40 hours, 40 minutes, if not longer, out of my district that we know what's best for St. Louis and we only go in and out of St. Louis for a game, for Mardi Gras. The measure faces another final House vote before moving to the Senate. From Missouri's capital, Phil Brooks, KMOX News. Nearly half of people surveyed say safety at Missouri public schools is fair or poor. The SLU YouGov poll discovered that nearly half of likely voters they question would support allowing teachers and administrators to carry guns in Missouri schools. Following the deadly shooting at St. Louis's Central Visual and Performing Arts High School, a majority of those asked say they're concerned about future incidents. The survey conducted last month found that most Missouri Democrat and Republican voters want schools to have metal detectors, security cameras, and police officers on campus. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. Some residents in South St. Louis are raising concerns about a proposed homeless shelter in their midst that would include some ex-convicts and possible sexual offenders. 
A hundred homeless men could be housed at the old St. Mary and Joseph Chapel site in Minnesota. Neighborhood alderman James Lappy says residents are afraid of property values, crime, and sex offenders. If, if the people in that immediate area are, are remain adamantly opposed to it, as many are right now, you know, I, I, I don't think it's appropriate for me to take a position that's contrary to them. Peter and Paul Development Director Deborah Cotton tells KMOX the population would include some ex-convicts and some sex offenders. But she says they would have 24-hour supervision and all residents must sign a good neighbor policy to not engage in any criminal behavior. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. This weekend, supporters from Peter and Paul will be going door-to-door -door seeking support. They need the signatures of 51% of residents and property owners within 500 yards to move forward. The KMOX business desk, they plan to rebuild after a devastating fire, but it was just too much. Paul and Wendy Hamilton, owners of Vindicet on Shoto, have made the decision to permanently close their Lafayette Square restaurant with the much-lauded rooftop. The September fire damaged the whole building, also shutting down PW Pizzeria and 21st Street Brewers Bar. After months of getting bids, they realized they just didn't have the funds for a rebuild. Vindicet opened in 2006. The fire was started by smokers whose cigarettes dumped in a planter smoldered, then spread, engulfing the rooftop in the middle of the night last September. Debbie Monterey, KMO. News. After 84 years in business, Edwards Carpet is no more, quietly closing down its locations and taking down its website. There were five Edwards Carpet locations, Creve Corps, St. Charles, Ellisville, De Pere, and South County. It's now listed as permanently closed on Google. Well, as we continue on KMOX, we've just gotten some news in from the state capitol. The state auditor, Scott Fitzpatrick, has issued a subpoena to the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office and Kim Gardner. And joining us right now is the state auditor, Scott Fitzpatrick. Thank you for calling in. Hey, good to be with you guys. So, uh, first of all, bring us up to date. What has been subpoenaed from the Circuit Attorney's Office and what's the reason for this? Uh, so, uh, the, the Circuit Attorney's Office uh, audit is taking place as part of the broader audit of the City of St. Louis that was uh, requested by the Board of Aldermen due to uh, pressure from con uh, the constituents of the City of St. Louis back in 2018. And uh, so far, all the all the reports for the entire audit are complete, with the exception of the Circuit Attorney's Office and the uh, and the City Recorder. And in the case of the Circuit Attorney's Office, that uh, that audit began in June of 2021. So we're coming up on two years since this audit began. And it's just been a, a nonstop stonewalling process from the Circuit Attorney's Office. We've been forced, uh, even during the, the prior administration, uh, when Auditor Galloway was, was in charge, uh, the Circuit Attorney's Office is using outside counsel, forcing the, uh, the Auditor's Office to, to work with them. Um, they have refused in-person meetings using COVID as an excuse for, uh, for uh, the entire period of the audit. They've not been non-responsive to phone calls, emails, requests for information. Uh, and finally today, uh, after granting numerous extensions on several different data requests, uh, we made the decision to, to, to go ahead and issue a subpoena for the records because, uh, frankly, it's time for this to come to an end. Uh, the audit needs to be completed, and uh, so we uh, issued that subpoena today. Now, we've heard a lot about the Circuit Attorney's Office over the last several years, but especially in the last several weeks, and this uh, two years old, uh, the effort to, to get these documents, so it's not directly related to the issues of, uh, you know, are they sending people to court at the right time? Are they giving victims the proper notice? Uh, some of the complaints we've heard recently, but it does seem to corroborate some of those claims that the uh, office is uh, disorganized and not on top of things. 
Sure. And look, we, I, I'd made clear, and actually this was a conversation during the transition. This was identified as the problem audit for the state auditor's office, uh, where the auditee was not being cooperative. And, and frankly, the decision to, uh, to, to issue a subpoena could have been made in multiple instances in the past. And, uh, you know, when we set the deadline for the document request, uh, and that we uh, made in January, um, the decision was made at that time. I said, you know, well, if they need an ex- a reasonable extension, you know, on this, we'll give it to them, but we're not going to continue to wait. Uh, and a subpoena is going to be issued if we don't get the information. And so, uh, as actually today, we did get a few, a few documents, but it was a woefully incomplete set of documents, uh, that included redactions of, of people who were paid by the circuit attorney's office, which is, you know, which is an open record that anybody should be able to get, not just the state auditor's office. Uh, and so, you know, after receiving that that woefully uh, non-responsive response from the circuit attorney's office, the subpoena, the, the subpoena was issued today. Uh, uh, basically, today was the extension deadline that we had given them, and they did not meet that. So that's where we stand. And, and uh, you know, if we have to go to court to enforce the subpoena, that's what we're going to do. The time has come for this thing to get wrapped up so that the taxpayers of St. Louis know uh, what's going on in the circuit attorney's office. What have you been able to, if anything, uh, from the documents you've been able to get or anybody you've been able to talk to, have you been able to learn anything about what's happening inside the circuit attorney's office, at least so far? Very little. I mean, they, we've received some bank statements, but, you know, they provide very little context. Um, you know, we don't have any information about uh, segregation of duties or any of the things that are you know going on day to day in the office. And some of the information we got originally is essentially stale now because it's, you know, we've, we've gone into a, an entire new year. And so the scope of the audit has even had to change, uh, you know, where we, we basically completed an entire, you know, additional fiscal year since the audit started. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's just, it's just continuing to drag on because of their lack of responsiveness and their lack of cooperation. Um, and so, and, you know, there was discussion even in the prior administration, frankly, um, about issuing a subpoena. And, and, uh, I had that conversation uh, with auditor Galloway during the transition. Um, and the ultimately they made the decision to wait, uh, to issue a subpoena and, and basically let us make that decision. And then, you know, I wanted to give fair, you know, a fair amount of time for them to, to comply, but the time has passed and, you know, my patience is, is run out. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe to the STL All Local on the Odyssey app, and we'll have another update of local news for you in the morning.